Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Hello and welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast. I'm Jenny and today I am joined by my colleagues, Sophie and Kira. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. Um, And today we are looking at viral content. So what is it? What is viral content? Um, Why do people want it? Do they even know why they want it? Um, And of course, is there a secret formula to achieve the holy grail of viral content? Um, So starting with the overarching question. So um, Kira, why don't you tell us what do we mean or what do people mean when they talk about going viral? Yeah, of course. So I think most people will have heard of the term going viral, particularly on social media. So similar to things like if you have the flu going viral, it spreads. So it spreads far and wide across a really, really large audience and normally quite rapidly. So it's normally a trend or uh, something like a video piece of content, for example, uh, which is usually quite common for going viral and it generates massive amounts of engagement. So views, shares, likes, comments, etc. And often people get involved themselves as well um, in either creating something that aligns with the campaign. It might be a challenge. It might be a cool sound or trend or dance, whatever it may be. Um, but it's just really something that goes really far and wide, um, massively picked up by a lot of people and everyone knows about it or has heard about it or most people anyway. Um, So in marketing, particularly for us, um, it's something that we always would love to aim for, but it's definitely quite a unique uh, situation when it does (laughs) happen. Um, So yeah, it doesn't mean that it's easy to do uh, because it definitely isn't, but um, really amazing results that you can get if you do go viral, but also uh, some cons to that as well, which we'll go into mm-hmm. a little bit. I think, and in terms of how easy it is, you've got a stat, don't you, in terms of how ridiculously difficult it is? <laughs> so, yeah, in saying it's not very easy, um, <laughs> the chances of going viral are apparently one in a million. So it is quite difficult, um, understandably, reaching that much of a vast audience not everybody's going to be able to do it mm-hmm. and particularly with the more and more social media channels that we have popping up here and there there's all the more opportunity for brands and personal accounts to try and go viral try and make a big of a statement as possible and reach as many people as possible so it's um definitely a difficult one mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's sort of, I suppose there's two that two different we were talking about slightly earlier the two different kinds of viral content because there's the there's the content that's been created by brands as part of campaigns. And then there's the kind of accidental brand viral content that is user-generated user and, yeah, unintentional, but then brands can piggyback on the back of that. Um, 
I think you guys had a couple of examples, didn't you, of um, some viral campaigns that have done that? Yeah, so I think um, a good accidental viral video is going back a very long time to the early days of YouTube. Um, but it's Charlie bit my finger. Obviously, no one was expecting. Oh. You know, that was just a silly home video, really, that just went went crazy. I think that's quite reflective of you know at that time. You know, it was sort of a very young internet, um, mm-hmm. and obviously times have moved on. And I think the chances of a video like that going viral now are much slimmer. That's, although saying that with TikTok, there has been more opportunities for viral videos, but I think they don't have the sort of resonance and salience as something like Charlie Bit My Finger does because you're talking to a more fragmented audience. Um, But that is a good example, I think, of an sort of accidental. Same goes for a much more recent one um, a couple of years ago on TikTok with the um, cranberry juice brand Ocean Spray. Well, there was it was nothing to do with them, but there was a TikToker who filmed himself skateboarding whilst drinking Ocean Spray cranberry juice. And it just went yeah, it just went off and everyone was talking about ocean spray cranberry juice and the <laughs> brand had had nothing to do with it. They did do some follow-up activity to make the most from it, but it wasn't a brand orchestrated um, thing at all. And you wouldn't and you wouldn't necessarily come up with that, would you? If you think of a brainstorming meeting, you're like, there'll be this guy and he's skateboarding and he's drinking <laughs> our brand cranberry juice. You've like, oh, God, this isn't the 80s. That's not going to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny that, yeah. And I think it's also because audiences can also kind of tell if something's being created by a brand mm. or not. It's usually fairly obvious, isn't it? And people do tend to shy away from branded content a little bit. Yeah, and I think so. I mean, I just get, I even get put off on TikTok and I'll scroll past if it says promoted content on it because I'm automatically thinking it's going to be, they're going to be trying to sell me something. And I think that brings us on really to one of the key elements of if you do want to go viral, you want to be that one in a million is it's not about selling. I think that's got to be your first start point. Don't Mm -hmm. go into it thinking I've got to get this call to action in, or we've got to get this key message in because that is not how your target market is thinking. And I think to get viral content that works, you've got to think all about your audience and how it is that they will react and what it is they care about. Um, And as part of that, going viral is a byproduct of your audience's Mm. willingness to spread your word. So if you're just talking, either being boring or just talking about stuff that's related to sales, you're not going to get that viral spreading like wildfire that Kira talked about at the beginning. No, no. And people people don't like being sold to do they at all (laughs) so and before we come on to this magic secret formula (laughs) I mean (laughs) do we have it um is I suppose some of the maybe the pro if we we talked you mentioned earlier Kira briefly there's sort of some pros and there's but there are cons of going viral as well aren't there have you got any examples there so I've got a couple of examples of some that aren't the most recent campaigns but talking like you said Sophie about brand campaigns so ones that have done well and have had generated really good results are the ASL ice bucket challenge so that was for ALS disease um, and something that was again user generated where I'm sure most people will remember back on Facebook quite a few years ago now where 
people would chuck ice buckets over each other's heads and then nominate a few people to repeat the challenge in order to raise awareness for um, ALS research and the disease itself, which was a really fantastically successful brand-generated viral campaign Mm -hmm. that went absolutely wild. Lots and lots of people got involved. Um, And personally, I hadn't heard of the disease ALS, but I'm sure many people did because of it. Um, and generated a lot of educational and awareness spreading for them. So I think that's something that is definitely had lots of benefits mm-hmm. for them, I'm sure, um, as well as those that struggle with the disease themselves or perhaps didn't know they had it. So I think it's, yeah, really, really impactful. And then another one, so quite a big brand, but Dove does really well, I think, in my opinion. I love some of their campaigns and they do go hugely viral so in particular like Sophie was saying a second ago uh with really knowing your target audience and mm-hmm. who you want to speak to and that they want to share that message because they actually have for example an emotional affiliation with it or personal touch emotional etc um so Dove does a lot of real beauty uh campaigns so one of their biggest was real beauty sketches where women were drawn by a forensic artists based on what their own and then other people's descriptions mm, of them. I remember that one. It was yeah, it was good. Were, yeah, it was really, really nice and almost sort of sad to see. Mm. But I think and that was something that hit home a little bit about how we see ourselves and how other people view us. And although it doesn't directly uh affiliate with, for example, some of Dove's wash products, it brings it into that wider wider brand messaging and storytelling that they're hoping to achieve amongst their female Mm. and younger audience so I think that's definitely one that's again really really successful but that doesn't mean to say that there's also some cons that come along with having viral videos so for example you might get a little bit of backlash or negative comments Uh, everybody knows there's those internet trolls out there that might have something to say about your campaign if it is viral and it is reaching audiences perhaps that you haven't before particularly as a brand so I think that's something really to be aware of and to be monitoring if it does mm-hmm. happen um, and also it can be quite I think nowadays <laughs> a bit of a quick um, a quick I guess thing that happens so it, a trend might pop up on TikTok and you might get a viral video because mm. you've used the viral sound for example or you've jumped onto a trend but that might quite quickly go again Mm, (laughs) that's quite flash in the pan isn't it now particularly with with tiktok it's a maybe in the past content that went viral hung around for a little bit longer didn't it and now it's got a much much shorter shelf life and you touched upon it there as well Kira. it's that losing control that's like one of the i suppose downsides is if it's um, you've got a viral video, it's it's gone viral. If people are then creating their own content off the back of it or to tie into it, you have no control over how they're going to do that. So you don't know how they're going to tie into your brand, and that's risk. You know, it can be very risky. Yeah, I think that's just part of it, isn't it? If you're, you know, if you're thinking I want to go viral, then I think you just have to open yourself to that. That mm. you're setting it out into the wild, and people can do what they will with it. Um, talking about the 
sort of negative associations with going viral as well. It's just something that Ryanair have done, which I think is really nice, is that um, Ryanair's TikTok, they've got like over 2 million followers on TikTok. And really all they do on TikTok is they post really funny videos, but about negative things people are saying about flights <laughs> they've heard. And it's just really, really funny. Um and I think that that's the reason they've got so many followers is just, you know, no one's, you're not going to get an update or anything like that from, from Ryanair's TikTok on your flight. You, it's just, it's comic and it's entertaining. Mm. And I think that's one of the key elements of having viral content. You know, Ryanair aren't doing that to sell flights. It is good for brand awareness. So it's that real top of funnel content, which is what I think going viral is really good for. Um, but it's just taking the mick out of itself and the, the things that people hate about, going on a Ryanair flight Mm. so I think there's something to be said as well for if you're a brand of that size and with that sort of budget available to spend then you can turn those negatives and make them work for you yeah that that reminds me of a funnily enough not video but a picture that has gone viral I don't know if you've seen it and it's um it's a board outside a coffee shop that says um, come in here and have the worst coffee that this one woman on TripAdvisor has ever tasted, or something, or something like that. Yeah. And it was, and of course, it's funny. And um, so that's exactly that. So if you like, it's that emotional response. People love a bit of humour. That tends to go viral, doesn't it? It's, or it's generally positive things. I think work better than negative viral stories so something that makes you have some kind of emotional response whether it makes you laugh whether it touches you and makes you cry or whatever it is that tends to be part of um that emotional response is part of why that piece of content is so successful um uh yeah and and I suppose yeah we we talked about there Sophie the I suppose the biggest thing is it's brand awareness, thinking of it as that brand awareness and top of the funnel and not thinking it as, as a direct sales opportunity because that will immediately put anybody off. <laughs> and, I, and I think um, a lot of talk around viral content as well as around that social currency. I think earlier where you talked about, Kira, um, like the Ice Bucket Challenge, and there are other ones as well. And it's quite a lot of content that's shared on social is around that sort of social currency where you want people to see you in a certain way. You're building up your own digital profile, aren't you? So everyone's like, I like to share content that shows people who I am. And so that's what you have to think of as well, don't you? Where Sophie, you talked about knowing your audience. It's knowing what their social currency is and tapping into that. Yeah. And I think whilst being authentic to your brand, because I think that's often it, with with what Kira was saying about, you know, you can just quickly jump on a TikTok trend, you maybe get a few hundred thousand views, but it's also a bit flash in the pan and a bit short lived. I think you can also then be at risk of really straying from your your brand and your brand's values Mm. just in a bid to jump on the bandwagon so I think another filter to look at it through as well as you know making it all about your audience is you know also making sure it's authentic to you as a Mm. brand people will see through it and it just won't it won't work or, or sort of have the stickiness that it might do if you take a more considered approach to whether it's going to resonate with your audience and and whether it's authentic to your brand. Mm. Well, that just shows even from the two 
examples both of you have already given. So if you think about Reiner and that vir- viral content and having being quite humorous, and then the Dove stuff that you talked about, Kira, like you can't imagine Dove putting out a humorous yeah. viral campaign, can you? They're, they're much more about tapping into that emotional side that's, yeah, self-esteem and beauty and bringing up your kids and loving yourself. And, and it would be very jarring, wouldn't it, if they swapped there <laughs> and that wouldn't that wouldn't fit them as brands so yeah very true you do have to be um yeah loyal to your brand and, th- and think about what's going to work for you and on that I suppose any other any other points um if we think about the um <laughs> elusive secret formula are there <laughs> any we haven't talked about so we've obviously talked about knowing your audience and kind of the social currency um, and looking it through a brand lens, are there any others you think we haven't talked about that's part of that special formula to make content go viral? I think this is not by no means something that you have to do, but I think sometimes use of an influencer or more than one can help, mm-hmm. um, particularly if you're a brand that doesn't have a lot of reach or if you are a brand that already has a lot of reach, but you want to maybe target a different sector or or, or, or reach new people that don't normally familiar with your brand um Gymshark for example did a 66 day challenge on TikTok at the end of 2019 which they just wanted to have like um people to share their personal goals to achieve in the next eight weeks so it was a really simple simple campaign idea we wouldn't think oh it's going to go viral but they use six different influencers to support their campaign alongside their own channels and with that all together, they had a combined following of over 20 million, which led to an engagement rate of 11% and over 45 million views were on their hashtag. So I think that's a good example of how you can take what is not really a sort of typical go viral idea. It's mm-hmm. just a nice campaign, but then you can make it have that momentum by effectively using different influencers that will reach the target market and then all collectively pulling together as well as coming up with something quite simple which was just you know what is one personal goal you want to achieve in the next eight weeks and people committing to it it's like nice and simple and again had that social currency you talked about Jenny where people Mm -hmm. could share it and say to their friends and um, family that they're linked with on social media you know this is something that I'm want to achieve so it's like putting it out there for that Mm -hmm. accountability element as well. And again, that's that's knowing your audience, isn't it? And I, I mean this with the greatest respect for all people that are fitness enthusiasts, but it they are they are very happy to share things and share their goals and have that accountability online and be talking about personal bests. And but if it was a different brand with a different audience, you've got people who don't want to put the effort into that. And you have to know, you know, it's very well coming up with challenges, but depending on what brand you are it is or isn't going to work, is it? And I think perfect for Gymshark, maybe not so much if I can't even think of an example off the top of my head now, but you know where you've got, you might have an older generation that's sort of lurker. I'm a lurker on social <laughs> social media. I lurk. I don't do a lot of my own content, but I love, you know, I engage and like and comment and share things, but I don't, I don't go the extra step of creating my own content. I just like to share good stuff (laughs) so I can help make things viral in another way but less so on that kind of generating original content I've got I've got on the list as well one of the lists I had in in terms of what works is um memes I think 
always work really well, don't they? And you see them, you see the ones that are going viral that are coming around because you see several people sharing them, don't you, within your group. And um, again, they're so, it's easy to share. Um, They say a certain thing about you. A lot of mine are about parenting and (laughs) the difficulties of parenting and is usually something quite funny. Um, But I think... Great, I can come up with something that, that funny myself, but I can share somebody else's, and it makes me look funny. So I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll share that. Um, but they're always they always work well, don't they? And and kind of talk to that target audience. Yeah, and I think they um, from a sort of logistical point of view, you know, coming up with a meme for your brand is quite easy you know you could quite easily set aside an afternoon come up with some different funny things you want to say and doctor some images online and before you know it you've got a whole bank of memes you can use in your social content so as well I think from that could probably be easier than coming up with say you know a a video or something like Mm. that you can turn it around a bit more quickly as well yeah and I suppose what does not work if we look at it on the flip side if we were going to say no 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 absolutely not Uh, I think um anything that's really boring or anything that's too sort of like strategic because (laughs) although that is fundamentally what you want it to do if it looks like it's strategical part of a campaign I think that kind of takes the shine off of it so I think the clever bit is in making it extremely strategic but making it look like it is just a quick oh look how funny we are we've just done this yeah (laughs) Yeah. And again, that goes back to, doesn't it? As soon as something, if you look at something and it looks overly branded and polished, oh no, it it puts you off, doesn't it? Straight away. Um, And and yeah, I suppose we've, on the flip side, and it's what we've talked about, if something doesn't have any, if it doesn't elicit some sort of emotional, emotional response, whether it makes you laugh or makes you cry happy tears or one of those it's it's unlikely to work if it's a bit meh then (laughs) (laughs) then people will scroll past and it won't get shared I think as well having something with a bit of like light and shade as well like like when you're crafting any story right you sort of have these like universal themes of what works right I'm thinking like love and life and death or Mm. fear or courage like overcoming adversity I think anything like that can work really well um when you've got yeah light and shade and you're telling a story but all of that needs to happen in like you know a few seconds so it's it's, Mm. a lot to get across in a short amount of time that's the challenge isn't it actually is is length I mean I know actually so so many brands are better at it now and we all know that our attention span is getting shorter and shorter when it comes to online content. So yeah, absolutely anything that you're doing. We're making it sound very complicated, but this is why only one in one million (laughs) content go viral. (laughs) There's there's so many elements to it. And actually it's so easy to go wrong, isn't it? It's and and often it's timing. If you're it can just be poor timing. And the best timing is obviously if there's something that's very relevant and current Mm -hmm. in the climate then that's going to work better for you yeah I think it's equal measures skill and luck with going (laughs) I don't think there's I don't think there's like a quick hack to doing it Um, I agree that should let people you know don't let that put you off I think just start putting stuff out there and something might stick and it'll probably be the thing that you thought was rubbish (laughs) yeah and and that's it and I think as, as some of 
a lot of the stuff we've just talked about is besides very polished stuff. I know, uh, Kiri, your example of Dove, that would have had massive production value and mm. um, was part of their television advertising and all sorts. So is slightly different. But yeah. a lot of the other stuff we've talked about is um, quick, quick stuff. So like you say, Sophie, it's, you know, just quickly mock up a meme, quickly grab some, you know, some funny content of some sort on a, on a phone that you would be using for your social channels anyway. And, you know, just get it out there and see, what, as you say, see what sticks and see, and you'll be lucky. And often it can be the luck of a particular influencer that picks it up that you didn't, you weren't even targeting and then they can, they can make all all the difference yeah exactly that is it things like um mrs hinch you know when she started using those smiley face sponges mm. um like daddy sponge and mummy sponge i don't mm. expect that sponge company ever thought for a moment that they would <laughs> take off like they did but you know with her videos and her like giving them a little bit of a personality and mm. you know shooting a lot of video content with her using them saying how much she loved these flipping face sponges <laughs> I say that like they're not sponges for your face they're kitchen sponges but they are in the shape of a face like that, you know I don't I expect that brand did not think that in a million years though their sponge daddies would take off and there you go <laughs> there you go and, and I think there it's important isn't it as, as you I think you mentioned it earlier Soph is is that then if it's something like as a brand if it's something that you haven't initiated and something is happening, then, you know, get on the back of it and see how you can capitalize on that. So it might not always be something that you, that has originated with you as a brand, but there are certain ways you can capitalize on it and, and, you know, make it go further and come up with your own stuff. Um, because yeah, quite often, do you know what? I don't know what the ratio is between where we talk about the one in a million. If that's, I don't know what the ratio of brand originated content and fluky user generated content <laughs> for brands is but it'd probably be interesting to know and then see how you know see how those brands have capitalized on it do you think uh, do you think we've co- have we covered everything do you think in terms of what works what doesn't do either of you have anything else you think that we need to add i do, i think the key thing is just um Come at it from your audience's point of view. Mm -hmm. Think of it as top of funnel content and not, don't think of it as you want to sell something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good summary. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So on that note, um, thank you very much for listening. If you do want to have a chat to us about um, viral content and if you have ideas, we want to pick our brains, then... um, please do. We're always happy to hear from people. We're always happy to help. So you can drop us a line, um, either come to us through our social media channels, or you can email us at hello at adpr.co.uk. And we'll see you next time. Bye.